Hey Church, Pastor Eric here, and I'm just so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I just pray that this message will stir up your faith, build you up, and just move you closer to the Father's heart. If you want to learn more about us as a church or would like to get further connected, you can visit us at our website at oasischurchchicago.com, download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, and also join us on YouTube for our live streams on Sundays and Wednesdays. We hope you find this message to be encouraging and life-giving. Now here's today's message from Pastor JP. We've been in a series on the Holy Spirit called The Empowered Life. We've, we've begun to look at the inward work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And over this week, today, and over the next two weeks, we're going to continue on the inward work of the Holy Spirit in us. If you've not been with us, if you've not joined us, go back and listen to these sermons, not because I preached them, but because I think they are strong for us as a church body theologically to understand who the Holy Spirit is. That's what we went through the first four weeks. And now we're in the inward work of the Spirit in our lives. How many, just, just for participation, for us to wake up a little bit, how many are thankful for the Holy Spirit working in our lives? If you don't believe it, just lift your hand up. Just lift your hand up, please, everybody, just for the... I'm so thankful that the promise from Jesus and from the Father was to give us his spirit, to live in us, to reside in us, to take residency in us. And so last week, I explained how the Spirit now lives inside of us. And this week, I want to talk about as he lives inside of us, what work he begins to do in us in the very, I'm going to give you my message, my whole message. So if you have to leave early, you got the message in you. You ready? You ready? The whole message is this. The work that the Holy Spirit does in us, that is the very first and foremost thing that we have to understand, is that he works in us to give us our kingdom identity. He gives us our identity. Romans 8, you with me? Verses 1, here we go. Pastor Ruben, I don't know if you stole this off my notes that I sent you to, to uh, but Pastor Ruben got up here and just began to start preaching my message, and it's awesome how the Holy Spirit did that. I don't know if he knew this. He might have, probably not. It's just the Holy Spirit. We're going to count it up for the Holy Spirit. Amen. Therefore, therefore, there is now no condemnation. Everybody should just say even a quiet amen if you love Jesus. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Oh, this, this is such a rich, I love Romans 8. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. What's that saying? God sent Jesus to this earth. He died. He took on all sins, past, present, future of all mankind. He went to hell. He grabbed the keys of hell. He raised to life three days later. He showed up and said, death and sin are defeated. Anybody that would call upon my name, Jesus says, will be saved, set free, and have life and life abundant. Anybody thankful that we are set free today in this house? in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us. Who did not live, catch this, church, according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Hmm. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. Catch this, read this, highlight this, mark this, remember this. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. 
The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Verse 9, this is awesome. Paul writes, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, last week we explained, we talked, we revealed, if the spirit of God lives in you, you do not live in the realm of the flesh, but you live in the realm of the spirit. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Holy Spirit, right now, in just a few short moments, I pray for softened hearts. Pray for open hearts, open minds to receive your truth, to receive who you are. Any distorted picture, any, any misconception, any, anybody in here today that just feels distant from you, I pray, Holy Spirit, in your kindness, you'll draw them to the Father's heart. Thank you for this word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the work in us, what you're doing in us. Oh, it's so good. We give you all glory and all honor and all praise, and we ask this in Jesus' name, and everybody says, come on, and everybody says, amen. Put a title to this message so you can write it down and remember it, and every sermon has to have a message, so, a title, so I'll just give you one now. You ready for it? We have to know who we are. We have to know who we are. I, if I asked you guys, some of you, who, who you are, you would begin to give me an explanation of, of who you are. You would maybe tell me your name to start, <laughs> I hope. You would tell me maybe if, if you're married or if you're dating, you would tell me your career. You would tell me the skill sets you have. You, you would tell me what you're involved with. When, when someone asks, who are you, you begin to tell them all the things about you that you want them to know, correct? Any, anybody know what I'm talking about? Like If I said who you are, these are the things that you would begin to tell me. They're all important and they're all necessary and it's good to tell people who you are and what you do and all those things. Hear me. My son has a, a, a plaque on his wall in his bedroom and now there's gonna be one for my daughter too and it's gonna read just a little different but someone gave this to, to us when he was born and uh, we hung it up and every single night that I'm there to tuck him in and now Rachel does it too as well, we read these words over him. It says this, I, I am a son of the king. It doesn't say I'm a Trollio. Some of you are like, that's your last name, Pastor? I thought it was Trollio, Troglio. Like, <laughs> G silent, you're welcome. You don't have to ask somebody else anymore. It doesn't say you're Titus the legend. <laughs> I, I think he is. Uh, it, it, doesn't, it says, I am a son of the king. What king? Jesus. It says, and then it says, I, I, I am royalty. It says, I'm a son of the king. I am royalty, mighty like a warrior, brave as can be. Everywhere I go, I know my God is with me. I have begun to declare those words over my son. I speak those words even when he was unable to even know what I was saying. And now at nighttime, I hold him and he begins to recite those words. Dad, 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 I am a son of the king. I'm like, yes, you are in Jesus' name. I'm royalty. Yes, you are, son. Not because you're a trollio, but because Jesus has paid for your life. My son is learning his identity in Christ right now. And if anything I'm more proud of and declare more over my kids and over each one of us is that I want my son to know who he is in Christ before he knows who he is in anything or anyone else. My son and my daughter, I believe for you, the more that we understand who we are in Christ, who we have been paid, what we, what we have been called now that we've been paid for, we will be people that are unshakable. We will be people that will be able to stand firm. 
That when we know the identity of our lives, not I'm JP, I'm a pastor. No, I'm JP, I'm a son of the king. Not, not Rachel, I'm Rachel, I'm a pastor of a house. And a, no, I'm a daughter of the king. Come on, we, we have an identity crisis today. Like even in the church, outside the church, I'm just going to address the church because I, I love the world. We, we attack the world. The world is crazy. It's getting dark. It's getting, oh my goodness, bunker down, hold it down. The world is nuts. How about this? The church has lost its, its, its identity. Yeah, yeah. Believers don't know who they are. Yeah. Believers are running around like, I don't know who I am, so tell me, world, who I am. Tell me, tell me, tell me. And we have an identity crisis. Instead of looking at the words of Romans, looking at the life of Jesus, saying, I have been paid for, I have been adopted, I've received the Holy Spirit, and I am no longer a sinner, I am a saint. I am no longer lost, I am found. If anybody's awake this morning, just put your hands together for two seconds if you love Jesus. The caffeine is kicked in, praise the Lord. In this cultural moment where the world is saying, be your feelings, do whatever feels good, be your emotions. <laughs> How many of you know emotions are a scary God? What? They're terrible. They're terrible masters. In this day and age where, where the world is telling you, you can, you can mix you can, you can put some vinegar and oil together. It can work, trust me. No, no, no. In this day and age, in this cultural moment, the call for the believers, the disciples of Jesus Christ is this. We are called to live with Christ. And our identity is that of his kids. Jesus cares about who we think we are. Do you know that? Okay, let me tell you this if you don't know it. Jesus actually cares what you think about over your life. He actually has something to say about what you're thinking. Those of you, I just feel in the room right now, this is such a, a hard message to receive about identity because some of you still literally are continuing to hear the words of who you were before Jesus came into your life. Can I just declare right now that that thing is broken? That person is dead. That person is buried. You are free. You are brand new. He did not stop. He's not stopped chasing you. He's not stopped coming after you. He loves you. And he's giving you an identity because of the spirit of God in us. We, we have to know who we are. We, we fundamentally become different when we say yes to Jesus. Do you hear me? We fundamentally become brand new. I, I, I tell people all the time when they say yes to Jesus, I, I say, you know your actual birthday? They're like, yeah. I say, remember this day. You just got new life. This is your, this is your better birthday. Come on, I don't even want to think how old I am today. I don't want to remember. I don't... I, I want to remember when I was 22 and said yes to Jesus Christ on September 12th, because that's my birthday. You want to give me some gifts? September 12th. <laughs> I receive PayPal. I'm just, <laughs> who has PayPal anymore? <laughs> I don't even have a PayPal account. That's the best news. I'm kidding. Can we have fun in church? I received a brand new, fundamentally different, brand new person when Jesus came and to my life. And we, because of the Holy Spirit in us, it, it, why are we talking about identity? Because you can prophesy like no other, but you can still be far from God. You can know the word of God. You can recite the word of God. You can know 1 Thessalonians 5, 6. You can recite it. If I gave you a scripture, I was a Bible quizzer. I know exactly how to say this, Pastor. I know. You can know the word of God and not know God. When the Spirit of God comes in you, 
the very first thing that he starts to do in you is tell you who you are and builds you so that he can continue to work in you so that you know God and you please God and you come to the spirit of God is important for us to catch today. So Paul is writing. I just got a few short words. I want to get some context of what's happening in Romans 8. Paul is writing to the church in Rome, to, to a mixed church. Where, 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 where Jew, Jews have left Rome and now are back and they come back to a church. I'm giving you theology of Romans. And they come back to a church and the church feels very Gentile. Very much like, whoa, what happened here? We're coming back to this. This is a little bit crazy. And now there's kind of a battle internally within the church. And Paul addresses the church and begins to give a theology of who they are in Jesus now. He begins to share with each and every one of them, this is who we are in Christ. He begins to look at division and say, you want to break division off a church? You know how it happens? Knowing who you are in Christ. You know what Satan loves more? This isn't even my message, but someone is here. You know what Satan loves more than anything? To disrupt people in the church. To get them mad at one another. Bitter at one another. You have bitterness towards someone in this house? Please go deal with it today. <laughs> You're like, I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. <laughs> If you have something wrong, something hurt, something, go deal with it because there is a division that creeps in. And same thing back then, Paul writes and says, enough's enough. This is not the call for you as believers in Jesus Christ. You are brand new. So you think different, you live different, you act different. Hey, hey church, in, in chapter seven, he writes about how the law revealed how broken we are, how broken humanity was. The, the law was given and it was good to be given to, to the people of God to, to, to be distinct and to try to do their best to follow the ways and to show their commitment to the Lord. But, but how many of you know, apart from Jesus, we can't do this thing. Apart from the spirit of God, I can't follow Jesus. Newsflash. <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> I, I, I can't choose Jesus just because I grew up in the church. My, my son and daughter won't be able to just to choose Jesus because they sit in some good services. No, no, no. It's because of the Spirit of God in me to help me follow Jesus every day. And Paul says the law was good and it was necessary. And it still is today, but it's Jesus coming and fulfilling, and now we have life in the Spirit. If there's a chapter of Scripture that I want to encourage you to read all week, Romans 8. Go home and read it. Don't just receive it from me and be like, good, good word, I'll deposit. Go home and read it. Learn for yourself. Engage for your own time. But, but Paul writes these words and says, listen, you are no longer a part of the old Adam humanity. You are now part of the Jesus humanity, the one that has come and set you free. And so now in Jesus, the fullness of the spirit comes and lives in you. And now you are brand new. Begin to live like you have the spirit in you. And he goes right after identity. He begins to share with them what it looks like for someone to live with the spirit of God in them. If you're wondering if you have the spirit of God in you today, can I encourage you? If you've said yes to Jesus, the Spirit's in you. Like, I, I want to just declare that, okay? He's in you, and he's, he's wanting to be activated every single day in your life. He's wanting to, to be giving access to your life every single day, and the very first place he wants to start is with your identity. So I want to just teach three points. Can I do this? I, I feel like the Holy Spirit's just going to impart something at the end of this. We're going to open up the altars and pray for people. You doing all right? The very first work of the Spirit in our lives 
that we have to come to grips with this is this. Our identity, kingdom identity, begins in Jesus. That was a really good point, Pastor. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Kingdom identity begins in Jesus. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Notice the words that Paul writes, in Christ Jesus. Our identity has to start very first and foremost at the point of understanding this. We are found, I'm going to hit this thing like it's just going to keep dinging. We are found to be in Jesus Christ. This continually happens in our lives through the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Come on, you with me? That's why, let me just say this, that is why it's crucial. It is a mandate. It is a calling for us to declare the power of the gospel to those around us that don't know Jesus. There will be a day, whether through death or his return. Jesus is coming back. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. But there will be a day where there will be condemnation. There will be a trial for people that are not found in Jesus Christ. I'm saying it because, man, that should stir us to get out there and begin to declare the love of Jesus to those around us. Because how many of you you know, I don't want to see people lose their life to a separation from God forever. You with me? But in Christ, there is no condemnation. Our identity has to start with us being in Christ. This matters because the inward work of God's spirit in us continues to remind us, leads us to the fact that we are found in Christ. This is good news, church. This should never get boring. This should never get stale. Because guess what? I know what it, found, what it felt like to be found in JP. Anybody else know what it feels like to be found in your name? Insert. <laughs> Two of us, we're going to have a prayer meeting. The rest of you, <laughs> you're holy. You're, you're awesome. I know what it felt like to be found in myself. It was death. It was destruction. It was chaos. But I know what it feels like when I said yes to Jesus in that moment, what it means to be found in him as a disciple and as a son of him. It changes everything. My whole identity turned upside down. I remember I got saved and um, I was actually in my so senior season of soccer and I, um, I blew my ankle out a week prior. The Lord has a funny way of sometimes getting our attention. Can you just, can I just say something to you? Some of the things you're going through right now, don't dismiss it. Ask the Lord what he's doing in it to try to get your attention. That's a good word, Pastor. You can take that one. Don't give another offering. Just, just receive it today. Sometimes he needs to get your attention. Sometimes the things he's doing in you is not just because he's, he's, never, he's not mad. He's just trying to get your attention. So he slowed me down. Can I just say it that way? He sl I mean, I blew this thing out. Like I was like crutches, cast. Like He slowed me down. I received Jesus a week later. I said yes to him. And what happened? The identity crisis that I was living in started to become less and less and less and less and less. I started to wake up in the morning and remembering the days that I would wake up, feeling so, so lost, so forsaken, so, ugh. And I began to wake up in the morning like, and this is not a prideful thing, forgive me for the stories, but I remember waking up going, I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ? He chose this guy? <laughs> he, he gave me this nutcase? I'm in Christ? 
And I would get out of bed and my roommates were all believers. I was not before moving in with them. I would get out and be like, guys, guys, I'm in Jesus. They're like, yeah, Jay, you are finally. Praise the Lord. We've been interceding for you for years. I'm like, I'm in Christ. Like my, my, I don't have to be found in this. I don't have to be found in this. My identity is not in this anymore. My identity is in Christ. Oh man, we began to have a party in the apartment because I was just so floored that my identity starts with me being in Christ. But over the years, it kind of diminishes. And I forget that. How many of you forget sometimes that we are found in Christ? Thank you for your honesty. But we have to understand that the spirit in us continually reminds us and calls us and says, hey, there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ. Jay, you are in Christ. Jay, you are in Christ. So no longer, Jay, do you live in the identity of your old life. You live in your identity of Jesus. No longer, Jay, is it just good enough to love your neighbor. You know what it actually is from Jesus? To love your enemy. Oh, pastor, I don't want to talk about this. You know what loving your enemy means? Stop responding on social media. <laughs> good word, pastor. Amen. Everyone else is like, oh, I hate this. Being in Christ means I'm in Christ. Guess what that means? That means I've taken upon his suffering. I've taken upon him. I've taken upon his, everything that he has called us to do. I, I've taken him. So, so when someone slaps me on the cheek, guess what I'm supposed to do? Punch him back? Here. Have the other side. How many of you know that's really hard? Four of us. <laughs> but my identity is in Christ. It's not in who Jay wants to be. It's not in who, who I desire to be. It's in Christ. So, so if he tells me to, to be faithful and committed, if he tells me to love my spouse, if he tells me to, to lift up my kids, if he tells me it's not my identity anymore, it's his identity in me because I am found in Christ in the spirits. Is this good word? This is the best. And the spirit in me is helping me live my identity in Christ. We are in Jesus Christ. That means we are in his suffering. That means we are in his death. That means we are in him now. What this means is that we are now united with Christ and identify with his death to sin and being raised to life in the new life. Church, this is why I don't mean to just come up here and give some like emotional context of being like, if you are in Christ, you should be happy. <laughs> it's the reality that my, dead, my life is dead and I've received new life and I know where, my, my, where I'm going to be at the end of this thing. You know what that does for me? Joy. Even at three in the morning, when I'm rocking my hook, like, please, Lord, your joy is so good. But I'm about to <laughs> see images on the walls and they're not. <laughs> That's a bad joke. Rachel's not here. I'm sorry. <laughs> when you know you're in Christ, you don't care what anybody else thinks. When you know that you're in Christ, you could care jack about what people have to say about you. When you are in Christ, you don't care what happens to you. When you, I'm saying that and I'm like, I always preach these messages and then I get tested the next week. It's awesome. Welcome to my life. I don't care if I lose everything, every ounce of my bank account, everything that I've worked for. I don't care because you know what I hold on to? The fact, the truth, the confident hope that I have been found to be in Christ, that I know where my destiny is. I know who holds my future. I know who holds my plans. I know what's ahead of me. I know what's gonna go. I am in Christ. The pastors are beginning to intercede for me right now, saying, Lord, don't. Better joke inside my head. You guys are awesome. Jesus comes and he gives the new standard, and Paul declares it. The law is good, guys. The law was necessary, 
But, but Jesus came and fulfilled it so that in Jesus, the law was fulfilled. And in Jesus, you can have the ability through the spirit of God to walk this identity out of being in Christ. I, I, I want to just say this, and it's coming faster than I maybe can, can, can share it. But, but the Holy Spirit does care how you live. The Holy Spirit really cares how you live. And what he wants to help you with is to live in Christ. He wants to help you to live in Christ. He's not up there, the, 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 the God of all gods, Yahweh's not up there going, I just hope they fail. I just hope they fail. It's gonna really zing them, it's gonna really show them. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a natural earthly parent. Sometimes Titus does something, I'm like, you gonna learn, do it again. <laughs> Parents in the room, you know what I'm talking about? Like, do it again, I told you not to, do it again. Son, I told you not to slam that door. Your fingers are this close to it. Do it again. That's not how God is. Thank you, Jesus. He wants us to succeed. He wants us to grow. He wants us to win. He wants us to walk in victory. He wants us to walk in life. And the Holy Spirit says, you are in Christ. I want to see you go forth in his name. I do. God is not up there looking to see if you will... He's not hoping you'll fail. This is good news. He's hoping you will walk in victory. So Paul says this. Everything is done. You are no longer just an anybody. You are a royal priest. Can I declare some things of who you are in Christ? You are a royal priest. You are a holy nation. You are set apart. You are adopted. You are covered. You are claimed. Some of the people that know this are just amen in it all the way. Some of you need to hear this. You have been paid for. You are protected. You are put in now boundary lines of pleasant places, Scripture says. You are getting worked on and continuing to be worked on. He that began a good work in you is going to carry it to completion. This is what it means to be in Christ. He's not done working in you yet. But the identity starts with saying, I am not myself. I am in Christ now. Yes, I have skills. Yes, I have talents. Yes, I have a calling that might look different. But guess what? My, call, my, my identity is me being in Christ. I'm in Christ. And when we understand this, we get to live as Christ lived. Jesus never lived timid. He never lived scared. He never lived anxious. He never lived greedy. He never lived frustrated. He never lived with a hoarding spirit. He never would be afraid of what would happen to him. He never believed for the impossible. Are you with me? This is what Jesus did with the spirit in him. And we have the same ability to do the same things because the spirit of Christ is in us and my identity is in Christ. So everything that Christ, I get to. He didn't live in bitterness. How many of you know I would have slapped Judas? Some of you are like, some of the people in the church, they're like, who's Judas? <laughs> and we're so glad you're here. We're so glad. This is the right place for you. He was a disciple of Jesus. He betrayed him. He sold him. I would have slapped him. You betray me? At least I'm going to get one in before I go to that cross. Come on, let's be real. But in Christ, I love him. You know, getting into ministry, I only have a few short moments. I know it's going to wait. Parents, feel free at any point to go get your kids. We're going to go just a few more moments. Is this all right? You know, sometimes I think that being in ministry is different from being a believer. It's not. But sometimes in ministry, it gets really hard. What do you mean, pastor? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I do a thing. It's called dealing with people. <laughs> Help. I work with people. <laughs> we all do. 
But regardless of my calling of a pastor, my calling first is a, is a son. And I have the same mandate as you do, and you have the same mandate as me, and that is to live our identities in Christ. Is it hard? Are there emails I want to blast off? <laughs> Are there things that I want to conversate? Oh, of course. But my identity is not in the old man. Newsflash, I was a fighter. I would fight on games. I got a couple red cards. Not good. Soccer term, if anybody don't know, the real, the real football, like anybody. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> and one of the things that Christ came and dealt with me was, stop fighting. You're a peacemaker. You make peace in every situation. But God, this situation, I don't want to make peace. You make peace in every situation because your identity is in me. You with me, church? The second thing that Paul writes then about understanding our identity is this, is that when we have a kingdom identity, all condemnation gets killed. Kingdom identity kills condemnation. Therefore, there is now, everyone say no. No, zero, zip, nada, nothing. Condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Paul gives it to us so clear with the identity of the work of the Spirit because of what Jesus did on that cross. He took all sin, all condemnation, all shame upon him. He said, I will take it so you don't have to live in it. You don't have to wear it. You don't have to put it on. Can, can, can we just, I declare this. Some of you are grabbing some grave clothes in the morning and you're putting on some shame. You're putting on some guilt. You're putting on some old pain. You're putting on some old trauma because it's the way you've always lived. Jesus paid for it so there no longer has to be that clothes, uh, clothes in your closet. Let them go. Burn them. Let them have it. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Upon his death and resurrection, the condemnation of sin, hear this, was broken. Was broken. And even now, as we find ourselves in this life of the Spirit, and we find ourselves missing the mark, getting trapped, because that happens. My hands up. I know that I have an advocate. I have an advocate to run to. And I can say, yo, you know, I missed it. I'm sorry. Help me. Help me. When's the last time you asked for help? From the Holy Spirit. Help me to not continue to do this. Help me to turn away from this. Help me. I receive the release of condemnation on my life. Guilt will create more sin in your life. That's a good word, Pastor. Because Satan would want for you nothing more. My son's got these blocks, the, 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 the sex things. I don't even know what they're called. They're like the hammer. They're like pegs. Yes. I'm looking at my brother. He's just like, yeah, Pastor, good job. Pegs are different, they're different colors. And, and he, he knocks it, right? He knocks them, and then they start to lower. Sin is like that. Guilt is like that. Shame is like that. And then all I have to do to help Titus start over is I just go underneath it and boop, pop it right back up. We got to stop allowing for sin to hit us down every single day. Guilt to hit us down every single day. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. My identity is not a sinner anymore. You know what it is? A saint. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, I was the worst sinner. But he doesn't park himself there. I think there's a theology of like, I'm just a sinner. 
<laughs> I'm just going to keep sinning until he returns. Can I declare something as kingdom identity people? We can actually fight sin. We can actually overcome sin. We don't have to live in sin. <laughs> Why am I talking this way? We don't have to live in sin. Y'all think I'm nuts. There is no condemnation because the Spirit of God. I, I was talking to a brother the other day and he was telling me about how he's, he's, he's battling. And he was in a moment, and he, and, he, and he was in a moment fighting. And the fight became hard to fight the battle that he's in. And I said, what'd you do? He said, I went in my room and I just started praying, Jesus, help me, help me, help me. I said, what happened? He said, I fought it. And I won that day. And I said, praise God. That happens to us and can continue to happen as we don't have to be. This is a bold statement. Worship team, come on up. This is bold, right? To say we can actually live as people that don't have to fall to habitual sin time and time again. It's actually a bold statement. It's actually the reality of Jesus and the work of the Spirit in our lives. There's a difference between fighting and battling and being honest and being open and, and coming to continuing to fall to the same stuff over and over and over again. And what, what's to happen today? The Holy Spirit wants to impart in you the spirit of identity to fight, to fight. That's a good word. Paul writes, there is no condemnation. There is no condemnation. What kills condemnation? The spirits work in our inner lives to give us guidance and giving us his enabling power to fight off sin, to be rescued from sin's power, and to be set on course that will honor Christ. That is the work of the Spirit that will kill condemnation. Condemnation's killed when I know who I am. When I say I don't want to cheapen grace, I say that because I don't want to continue to, to do the things that I know are wrong. Because I actually have the Spirit of God in me to help me to do the things that I want to do. Paul writes, I don't do the things I, I want to do. I do the things I don't want to do. But that's just a blip on the map for, for what Paul writes. He says, you have the Holy Spirit in you to help you. You have the mind of Christ to help you, to give to you, to, 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 to lead you. And the release of condemnation comes from that. You know how you get released of condemnation? Start asking the Holy Spirit to help you when you're about to find yourself in a situation you have no place being in. You all just go to like the really big sins. You know where condemnation gets killed at? When you stop gossiping. When you stop slandering. You know where condemnation stops? When you stop giving your loyalty to Jesus. You start turning your attention to other affections and things. Today's the day where he just wants to heal that amend that. And guess what? There's no condemnation for you today. None. He's paid for it. Is this okay? Oh, man, our identity as kingdom people is that there's no condemnation. I get to live not in my own desires because this is what's happened. And I'm sorry, I'm going a little late. This is what happens. I get to do whatever I want because there's no condemnation. No, no. Paul writes, what, does grace of God just continue so you can keep on sinning? No. There's no condemnation in me because I want to please God with my life. Which is the last thing. As kingdom identity people, Paul writes in Romans 8, we have to choose to live life in the spirit, not life in the flesh. 
I hate my flesh. Not like my physical skin, or, but like I hate my fleshly desires. I hate that I'm in traffic and I lose my mind. Nobody else? Cool. <laughs> That's a sanctifying time for me. Pastors, no. I'm telling you guys, let me just have a confessional moment. I, it's like nine out of ten times I get in the car. There is some trial. There is some testing. There is something. I hate that I give in to my flesh. I hate that in moments of weakness I give in to my flesh. I hate that I give in conversations into my flesh. I hate that I let my tongue go somewhere. I let my mind go somewhere. It was never, I hate it. And I have to remind myself, and the reminder for all of us is today, is that I've been paid for. My identity is in Christ. I don't live that way. There's an awareness and there's a laying down. That I don't have to satisfy the flesh. I, I can live a life in the spirit. The mind governed, Paul writes in verse six, is governed uh, by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Hello? If there's anything that we've learned over the last 18, 19 months is that we are being governed by chaos. You know what the, the, the one that satisfies the, the spirit lives in? Peace. Life. Hope. The storms can rage. The, the chaos can be all around. Peace. Life. Hope. I, I don't have to put language to what's happening. I don't, I don't have to figure it out. All I need to figure out is, am I satisfying and pleasing the Spirit of God? Am I letting his work be done in my heart? Is the word taking shape in my heart? Is the word taking shape in my mind? Is it forming me and shaping me and molding me? Am I, am I a person that continually is going and, and just maintaining a checklist? Or, or am I a person that's maintaining love with him? Am I a person that's maintaining intimacy with him? Am I a person that's maintaining a relationship with him? See, this whole thing about identity, it comes to you and it works in you when, when you know the one that speaks it into you. The Holy Spirit wants to give you this identity. I could preach for an hour and a half. You're like, we're almost there, Pastor. No, we're not. It's 35 minutes in. You're good. The Holy Spirit wants to actually speak the kingdom identity into you. He's the one that wants to. He wants to govern your mind. We're going to talk more about that next week, the governing of mind and the work of the Spirit in our minds because we are in a battle of the mind more than ever today. Oh, my goodness. You want to actually live with this stuff? You know, I think, I think what happens is that we've satisfied our flesh so we actually stop believing that stuff in here is actually real and true. We've allowed the identity crisis of the church to come in, and so we've, we've distorted this. I'll preach for just two more minutes. We've distorted this. We've made this fit our agendas. We've made this fit our lives. Instead of going, my life is not for this thing to fit in. It's for me to fit into this thing. It's for me to follow these words. It's for me to follow this thing. It's for me to follow the Spirit's voice. It's for me to follow the Spirit's leading. I am not condemned. I am a son of the King, and I'm going to follow his ways. Am I going to be perfect? No. If you think I stand up here and I'm like, I'm perfect, just come to my house for a little bit. My wife will tell you. But if... Being 12 years into serving Jesus, well, yeah. 
I want to satisfy the spirit now more than ever than I want to satisfy my flesh. I've watched as the flesh has destroyed me at times. I watched as me satisfying, trying to, trying to satisfy relationships has hurt me. Relationships that God never called me to be in. I've watched as, as I've tried to satisfy conversations or satisfy people's desires. I've, I've watched as I've hurt myself more than helped myself. And I've watched as I've satisfied the spirit and gotten intimate with the spirit and let the spirit work in me, how much more peace, life, and joy I have in my heart. Paul finishes this with verse 90. He says this, you, though, however, are not in the realm of the flesh. You're in the realm of the spirit. So I told you at the beginning, this is kingdom identity. The end, you are not in the realm of the flesh. You're in the realm of the spirit. And today, the Holy Spirit wants to reactivate, re-empower, pour out more power into your life to continue to be people that walk in the Spirit. I don't know about you, but I need that. I don't know about you, but I need the work of the Spirit in my life. So right now, today, we're going to close just a little different. I'm going to ask the worship team to begin to sing. But the question right now that, that I want to just ask or the challenge, or maybe, the, let me say it this way, forgive me, the invitation. There's an invitation today. That if you're tired of having an identity in the things of this world, if you're tired of having identity in the stuff you do, if you're tired of having an identity in uh, your skills, and you continue to find yourself satisfying the flesh, today the Spirit of God is saying, enough. I want to be your satisfaction. I want to be your, 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 your filling. So would you stand to your feet right now, church? As the worship team begins to sing, if you're in this room right now and you just want to touch from the Spirit of God, you, you, want, to, you want to be done satisfying the flesh. Parents, if you have to go get your kids, we, we understand, please do. But right now, just come on up to the front. Come on up to the front right now. Don't, I'm not going to give a one, two, three. This is just a bold invitation to say, if you want more of the Spirit's filling in your life, you want to be done battling the flesh, come on up right now. The pastoral team's going to come. The worship team will begin to sing. We'll begin to sing. Come on up. Make your way up right now. If you want more of the Spirit of God, come on up. Come on up. Do not wait. This is the invitation to be empowered by the Spirit of God. This is an invitation to be filled with the Spirit of God. Fill up the front. Fill up the front. Pastoral team, can you come and help? Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's begin to sing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.